What's up, Varun? Mm-hmm. Hi. Welcome to the podcast. Um, and uh, this is actually going to be the first episode. So you are on the debut podcast episode here. Honored. Yeah, yeah. So today's topic is going to be pretty free flowing. Uh, there are no rules except the two rules, which are no talking about coronavirus and no talking about startups and shit. All right. And I think that should be fairly Could easy. I just, I just heard about this coronavirus startup. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I violated both your rules up and up. Yeah. In the first, like, first 40 seconds of the podcast. I've never wanted to stick to rules. But mm. okay, play along. What have you been up to? Good, man. Just, uh, I've actually been indoors for like two weeks now. Like, I started mm-hmm. this distancing shit up pretty early. But mm-hmm. uh, I'm having a great time, bro. It's like, it's productive. And dude, shit. I started this in 1993, dude. <laughs> you know, you know, the most productive I've ever been in my life is under near complete isolation. And I'm at home yeah. and I have nothing to do. I'm like, okay, I'm bored. Let me just do something on a computer. I have learned the most during those periods. And so, this time I've just been like polishing my 3D, dude. I've just, I went from noob a few weeks ago to like goddamn expert. And thing is, I'm using a lot of different tools, right? To get mm. things done. But it's just when you're spending, you do the, where we've reached right now, right? And, and I'm pretty sure you can do this as well. We're at a place where I just need 48 to 72 hours with a particular tool. And, yeah. and I will know it and I will know it reasonably well, right? At least to do what I need to do. Even very complex tools like Unreal, I don't know the entire engine, but even the developers don't know the entire engine, right? It's that complex, but I know yeah. the parts required to get something done. Mm. And uh, as long as I walk into a tool with an idea of what I need done, it's, it's yeah. getting so much easier, dude. And yeah. the, dude, the, I remember the last time I felt like this was maybe around like before the 10th standard boards where you actually couldn't go out. You, were, you just like shut up and study. And that was just around the time when I had signed up for Facebook. And uh, I was on this site called Yahoo Answers, right? Mm-hmm. Now sitting at home, the only thing I could do is study or be on my computer. So that was the time when I was actually a top contributor on Yahoo Answers, like physics and maths. <laughs> and that was like, it was, that was like my first exposure to internet communities. But that was like a fucking productive time. And I'm feeling very similar right now. <laughs> Dude, it's, it's awesome. Like, I love, I mean, I've always been social, always been socially distant, right? But um, one thing that's kept me connected to society is gaming. So when I game, I'm actually playing with others. I don't like playing alone. So I, yeah. I play with this usual group of people. So mm. it never feels like I'm alone or like there's nothing to do or whatever. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's like I've been, been living this life for a very long time. So I, whenever people say, oh, social distancing is so good. I'm like, welcome to my life. <laughs> yeah. a few years here. Dude, there's this, there's a 4chan meme around this as well. Neats. It's this, you might've seen this image also. It's like the, it's Pepe the frog wearing a blanket and just staying indoors. And now, (laughs) and now all the 4chan guys are like, oh, you understand what it's like to be on our side now. (laughs) World is, uh, it's going topsy-turvy, dude. Like seeing the old world. I mean, it was bound to happen, right? The old world and the new world collide. We're accidentally talking about coronavirus, sort of. So let's switch tracks. (laughs) <laughs> let's talk about let's talk about gaming, right? Hmm? What do you think moving forward? What is the level of immersion that we're going to see? Now, immersion can be in terms of VR. It can be in terms of more engaging gameplay. But what do you think is the near future for 
full immersion. See, um, I, I'll, I'll give you an example, right? I, I was reading this forum on how to do lighting in, in DAS, like how to better do lighting, right? And there are many ways to do lighting. There's HDRI, there's mesh lights, you can actually manually place the lights. And I was like, okay, what's the best technique? What's the best, you know, setting? What's the best, mm -hmm. you know, luminance? And then I saw this comment, right? And I just, I stared at this comment for half an hour because I just got it. It's like, dude, it's not about settings. It's not about the lights. It's about goddamn storytelling, mm. right? He's like, look, you can have a single scene and you can tell a story without a single light, right? Even if you have one global light, it's just, you're trying to convey a story through that image, right? right? You're trying to convey a story through that animation, right? And if you forget that, you will think about, oh, realism, this, that, but people don't care so much about realism. Yeah. yeah, they'll feel cool for two minutes, they'll be like a good artist, but if you can't evoke an emotion in human beings, mm. it's pointless. Like you remember how thinking. Remember when we were kids, we used to play these text-based games and you could spend hours on them, like point and click. just text. Point and click, dude. I remember this murder mystery I used to play on this point and click system. Cluedo on, on the Game Boy, I used mm. to have the old Cluedo. So I remember all of this, right? But but that, that got me thinking, right? If the idea with anything is to tell a story and the idea with the story is to evoke an emotion, then, you know, I, I started thinking further on the line and I was like, assume I had superpowers today. Assume you had superpowers, okay? Assume I had the craziest superpower ever, which is to jump and leap across buildings, mm -hmm. right? You've seen that Spider-Man video that um, the, the latest Spider-Man, the, the animated one, what's it called? The Sunflower, what's it called? Um, into the Spider-Verse. Have you yeah. seen the movie? So yeah. There's a scene where, there's a scene where, scene where Miles Morales jumps, right? And it's so breathtaking, this scene, especially, you know, on a large TV or in a theater or something. It's breathtaking, right? And, and, I, and I wondered when I saw the scene, I was like, what would it be like to be that person? Okay. Then I realized, take, a, take the emotion away from it, mm. right? If, if I give you those powers, but take away all your emotions, right? Your primal basic emotions of feeling thrill and stuff it would be useless. Mm. Right. So I think the future of, and the future of everything has eventually been this orgasm of emotions. Mm. That's what social media is at right now. It's outrage. It's like the most basic emotions, outrage, panic, fear, greed, positivity, and you have it, right. You have the extremes of it. If yeah. some, if a social media post is like lukewarm emotion inducing, it doesn't work. Mm. Right. Even in ads, you're just going full clickbait. Right. So, Emotion. So the peak of gaming will also be peak emotional, mm. right? So you take the very basics that human beings have, okay, the, the, or rather the emotions that human beings have and they want accomplished and you maximize it. And then you see, okay, that, what does that lead to? Right? So think about it. Greed, fear, panic, thrill. So horror games, mm. you know, games with crazy heights. So immersion isn't truly about how technically good it is. Right? That's just, you just need enough to fool the brain. Yeah. You just need enough to fool the brain. And uh, this is something I learned very recently as well. The difference between DAS, right? DAS uses a rendering um, machine called IRA, right? Which is a NVIDIA based thing. It realistically measures how light works. Mm. Every photon of light reflections, bounces, everything it calculates. Whereas Unreal uses fake lighting. So a scene in DAS takes 30 minutes to render. The same scene would take one second in Unreal, right? But Unreal looks as good as DAS, if not better. Mm. Right. So who cares? Right, that's, that's one thing that's been going on, which is, do you really want it to be extremely realistic because you know, you're just really anal about it or mm. do you want it, do you want to fool the user? I think that's right? a very interesting part about tapping into emotions, right? I feel like 
even with social media, even though it's not a game, it, it is a game in the overall picture of things, right? And the emotions that you're tapping into are sort of like base level emotions. Do you think in thinking in terms of emotional software that we're already, we're tapping into some of the higher emotions as well. So let's say something like joy, love, hope. Are these some things that you would tap into? Is that something that would complete the, uh, complete the emergent, so to say? I think so, dude, for sure. I mean, you just, it's exaggeration, right? I, I spoke about this, this peak shift effect, right? It's caricatures. Hmm. Games are caricatures of the real world. So you have a, suppose your defining feature is your eyes, okay? Are your eyes. In, in, in a 3D world or in a caricature, your eyes would be much bigger, right? To make it more, seem more like Abhinav. If you have a, you have a strong jawline, I would exaggerate the jawline. Mm. Right. Whereas some so not so important features, like maybe your nose, I just keep it normal or even smaller. So you exaggerate some parts. So I think games will be an exaggerated, exaggerated versions of reality. Mm. What about, uh, what do you see as the role of identity here? Right. So just to lay some background, you as a person, that's one identity, but all the game, all the, let's say platforms that we're on, we have a small differences in identity. And the more variance of platforms there is, I think there's more identity expressions. So for example, you might act a certain way on Instagram versus Twitter. Mm -hmm. Going a little deeper, you know how TikTok today, right? When we open it, we're like, what, what, what is this cringe? But then mm -hmm. one lens to look at it is that they've given a form of expression to somebody who had that within them, but didn't sort of express it. So mm -hmm. it's unlocking a new part of their identity that they're now able to express. So, yeah, my, but, but my problem with this, right. With, with say a TikTok, right. Or any platform is it's, it also works the other way around. Mm. You can't mm. isolate yourself and say in TikTok or on TikTok, I'm like this or on Dota, I'm like this. If you change as a result of TikTok or using that app, you will change in real life too. For sure. hundred percent. Right. And that's my, you know, it's, it's just a, it's more like a side point, which is here's, here's one of the, let's take a TikTok example, right? There's this one TikTok where uh, there, these guys appear to be in a, I don't know, a small Indian town. Like we probably wouldn't understand the video at all. Right. Like we're like, why the fuck are they doing this? What's the point is they've always been doing that. It's just that now they're mm -hmm. showing it on screen. So for example, this guy riding a bike, another guy sitting behind him, the guy in front is doing a wheelie and, uh, it's a small town. Maybe they don't have enough to do. And that's what they normally would have done anyways. Right. It's mm -hmm. just that now I get to express that part of my identity, which I couldn't do on Facebook before people laugh at me, for example. Mm -hmm. True. You, I mean, so it is like closing identities in some sense, I think. Yeah. So it's, that's what I said, right. In, in a caricature, some parts are exaggerated. Some parts are shut down because to exaggerate, you only have a limited amount of space, mm. right? So if I exaggerate everything about you, it would end up being exactly up enough. Like it would just be a, a bigger, you know, more stretched version of your image. And that's not fun. So that's not fun. You have to stretch yeah. some parts, you have to reduce some other parts. So for example, in a game about joy and fun, you have to reduce the fear. In a game about fear, maybe you're playing a horror movie. You're inside a horror movie in VR, I suppose. Then you have to shut down the fun. You mm. can't have, you know, a rabbit go by and, unless it's a scary rabbit, right? So you can't have fun stuff or new, even neutral stuff for that matter. Hmm. Everything has to play into the atmosphere. So things like emotions, atmosphere, atmosphere leads to emotion, right? Things like sense of scale, all that is going to be really important in gaming. And for the love of God, like I, I feel like this, this is just, 
I don't know why, okay, but I, I might be one of the few people in this country to have tried really good VR, hmm. right? Remember when, when I bought the HTC Vive and you've tried my HTC Vive? Yeah. It's been six years since that, man. Five or six years since that. It's been a very, very long time. And the yeah. VR that's out there right now, even the ones by companies like HP are really good. Like Pimax, for example, the, the FOV is so large that you don't feel like you're wearing a headset. And you don't see that, you know, screen door effect. You don't see distance between the pixels. It's, it's real, dude. It's mm-hmm. really real. And then it only depends on your renderer, right? How powerful a, a computer you have. And now Oculus is working on some technology called uh, eye tracking technology. Mm-hmm. So instead of rendering the entire screen in both things, which is very computationally intensive, they look at exactly where your eyes are looking. Okay. They'll have a laser that detects where your eyes are looking. Render only that part. So instead of rendering two big screens, you're only rendering two slits. Mm-hmm. So when you move your eyes, it'll render the next bit. Right? Which is insane. It's right? Sort of it's, like it's, how it is in real life as well. Like the image at the edge of my eye, I like focal areas is sort of blurry. It's just there. That's true. Right. Yeah. So, so that's why I don't understand, right. With life in general, is it, is this like a really, really complex, like, like result of trickery. If somebody trying to really fool all my senses at the same time, am I just a brain in a vat mm. or is this real? And you know, because it's real and so limited that we are able to replicate and trick it in real life. Right. So, I can't, you know, it's, it's very hard to differentiate and that's what makes a good game by the end of the day. For sure. Right. That you should, it's just, and then you see, see, right. Like, and this is an extension. If I have all these emotions and say, this is a game and whatever, then it's a caricature of some other game. Hmm. Right. So higher level of simulation or lower level or whatever, they're all bound to be extremely similar. Hmm. Right. In, in one way or the other. Because you only, you work with a limited amount of space, right? So that's that, man. And, and that's why I think the future of gaming is going to be awesome. It is going to be everything we ever wanted, everything we will ever want. And it's going to be beautiful. But I think, you know, a lot of more technical challenges in the way. But the, the technical guys are leaving. I don't know yet whether I'm a technical guy or a storyteller. Mm. Right? I love doing the technical stuff. I love storytelling as well. But I do the technical stuff only to storytell. Whereas there's some technical guys who do the technical stuff because they love it. True. They want to make a better renderer. They want to make a better GPU. They want to build better tech. So, but I think for me, it's driven by storytelling. What about you? I think for sure, dude. Like even from college, if you remember the kind of stuff that we would do, um, the one of the reasons I got into design was actually this is getting into the work territory. So I'll be very abstract here was that anybody can make a note-taking app, right? But not everybody can make a note-taking app that a lot of people will use, right? What's the difference then? Both of them work on a very similar database read, write, you know, you're creating, you're updating. But there's still some sauce that you add separately or maybe as part of the whole cooking process that takes it from just a note-taking app to a note-taking app used by millions of people. Mm-hmm. Right. So, and I think the secret sauce there that actually takes it here is storytelling, which is not just the stories you tell the people who will use your product, but the stories you tell yourself to, you know, get yourself in a certain perspective. And then the stories you tell your team so that instead of going in all these directions, you go into the direction that you think is worth going down. No, I agree. I mean, dude, life is storytelling. The best in the world are all storytellers. Right? Yeah. And 
it's just we have all these new tools as as a designer you know you have all these new tools that allow you to tell better stories right and i heard this quote i think somebody from bloom was telling me this quote i was i was in their office a few weeks ago and they were just like india is underbranded mm. india has so many companies every day we have so many companies but how many brands do you have and what's the difference between a brand and a company right somebody has told you a story that you now believe mm. right whether it's a story of trust convenience you know two minute maggie whatever it is it's a story you now believe for sure and that is and that's beautiful right because then somebody else is playing your game right somebody else is that's part of the narrative they think about it it's there somewhere in the back of the head and and this goes to the more complex kind of topic right i think i sent you a video a long time ago mm. um i'm going to segue into this in a weird way i've written something on my phone let me just read it out as a cue um all right so i believe and this is the belief of a philosopher computer science philosopher called daniel c dennett i don't know if you've heard of him heard of him no so essentially his his idea of the of consciousness right of what you know your personality abhinav is hmm. it's not for you it was never for you it's actually for everyone around you so and i'll draw the parallel here this is me coming from a more relatable aspect because i've been thinking about i've been thinking about make a video video about this but i was like how do i make it relatable think of it as abhinav is the app screen mm. okay in a phone you have all these different apps maybe you have one app about design right you know a lot about design and you're collecting stuff in that app maybe all these apps are like data drawers where you just put in stuff mm. now at any given point of time you know on android you can't have all the apps open right you have to shut down apps because otherwise too much memory blah 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 blah, blah. you can maybe have one or two apps open at the same time now suppose you need to access you up enough you need to access your own app maybe you need to access the app for you know how to go and buy milk right so somebody gives you a cue or a trigger you need a cue or a trigger from the external mm-hmm. environment for you to open that app without the cue or trigger you are never going to open that app yourself right unless your mom comes and tells you up enough you need to buy milk or you go open the cupboard and you see oh milk's gone right so some trigger some cue needs is responsible for you opening the app in the first place mm. now the idea that dennis then it says is that makes you seem more like the os abhinav's the os that allows abhinav himself to access the range of apps that he has in his head mm. right and over time as he learns new skills he's putting more and more drawers in there and he can pull out things whenever he wants but abhinav the personality is still the you know the route to any one of these apps mm-hmm. now dennis then it says that if you go even further you realize that this set of apps this abhinav is not for abhinav himself right it is for everyone else around abhinav mm. right say say your child or your friend or your brother or your whoever comes to you and says well abhinav how do i do design right he's used the trigger word design it's going to go straight into your ears you're going to open the app for design because you're slave to basically what you hear even you, you can try to block it out and then you're actively trying to block it i'm out. pattern matching yeah yeah you're pattern matching you open up design and you tell him something about design so he, now he's opened this design app in his brain and abhinav is installing software in his app mm. right so you are basically an os which well, i think i'm lagging hello no i think you're good dude hello yeah you're good now okay so basically you are you are an os you are an os that somebody else uses 
to retrieve data in your different folders, mm. right? And then there's a power table between different people, which is if your OS and or your app is of a later version or a better version than their app, then the osmosis will be, you know, from a state of higher energy to a lower energy type of thing, yeah. you know, more information, to less information type of thing until eventually, you know, they have some maybe 60%, 70%, as long as they spend close time with you, proximity with you, some of it, right? So your environment defines a lot of you. And your environment basically has these trigger words that opens apps in your brain. Now I'm going to take this even further, mm. right? In a day and an age where your transfer between you and another person, the data cable is words, right? You use some words, you're transferring information to them. They use some trigger words to get more information from you. In the future where we have brain computer interfaces and I'm directly able to download your entire app from your brain to my brain, the OS will become unnecessary. Hmm. I don't need to use trigger words, right? I can just directly download your entire OS because it's what, even if it's a few terabytes at that time, it will be pretty easy in 20, 30 years. So I don't need Abhinav. Mm. I don't need Varun, right? And eventually because it's hundred percent transfer an instant hundred percent transfer, there's no need, not, not only is there no need for the OS, it's like everyone is the same, mm. right? So you create this one ultimate superhuman person who has all these different bodies roaming around in the world, right? With different shapes, but the ideas, the thoughts, it's all the same. It's one mind, mm. right? And I've seen a more primitive version of that on say the Avalon army, mm. right? Where we've just said, Oh, let's collect all our apps. Let's put it here. Let's, you know, access the repository when necessary, which it's just one step ahead of that. So I've seen it in, in more of a primitive way. You've seen it from in your groups in a more primitive way, but it's, you know, one is, is mm. coming. I'd like to hear your thoughts on this. I think it's interesting because these apps in some sense, um, I was thinking about a lot of these apps we install ourselves. Mm-hmm. A lot of these apps come bundled with the phone, you know, with us as mm-hmm. a matter of, you know, maybe your, not just your upbringing, but also the way you were born, for example. And evolutionary and evolutionary biology. So it's like, it's just like uh, the Android operating system. Yeah. Right. And it comes with like Google play, Google, whatever music, and that's your evolutionary biological system. But here's a tricky part, right? Tricky part is now these apps, some of them I installed, some of them I I install over time. A lot of these apps actually install themselves, which is, I have so much information now. Let's say I'm on Twitter. I'm on Facebook. There are all these patterns that I might not be matching um, consciously, but are being matched. And this was constantly updating and installing my apps and without the self-awareness to recognize this, I might actually be carrying out the instructions of this. Let me call it a being, right? Let me call this like this bigger being, which is this collection of patterns or a thought pattern, which is now acting repository. And now I am actually in control of this thought entity. And I think it's my idea that I'm doing this, but I'm actually being controlled. So then that brings you to the point of, what are these apps that you have installed on yourself that you did not install? You might think that in fact, it could get even more subtle. It could get to the point where you're like, um, let's, let's say tech, right? We're very into tech where we talk about futuristic stuff, but the bug that introduced futurism to us was spread through, um, a certain mechanism. So it's almost like if genes are, or like if viruses spread, you know, in the physical body, uh, ideas sort of infect the mind, stay there and you might not realize you have it. 
Mm-hmm. Of course. It's like, dude, and, and I don't think you have a choice either. Like, think about it, right? Who hasn't heard of coronavirus? I'm, mm-hmm. I mean, we won't speak about it, but who hasn't heard of it? But that's the internet putting pressure on you. Mm-hmm. Right? There's no, you have no choice but to create a folder called coronavirus in your head and be like, okay, here's all the information I'm getting about it. There is no way to block yourself unless you disconnect from the central app repository and then... You're a, you're a data processing system in that sense and you are forced to sort of do it. You have no choice. I mean, there's, no one can come and say, oh, I have complete control of my brain. You know, I've heard about coronavirus, but I'm just going to shut it down. And I'm, you know, you can't erase it. Try erasing coronavirus from your brain. You can't, right? So it's just... But I think we're the other thing that's making it real is in the past when we've had these large global scale events that people are like, you know, this is going to change the outcome of where we're headed. So like, let's take 9-11, for example, right? It was a pretty big deal. But then here's the thing. 9-11 was a one-time event. It was only in New York. And you were like, okay, it's, it's not going to happen again. It's not going to happen to me. Like, of course, it's tragic. But then I could actually opt out of it. Where I'm like, I'm not going to consume any news. Maybe it doesn't affect me. Or eventually, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm like, I'm, I'm going to choose to forget. Versus now, mm-hmm. suddenly with coronavirus, it's not a one-time thing. It's a continuous thing. It's invisible. It's global level. And now I'm like, wait, I now have skin in the game where I actually have to care about it. So that way, that's like an additional level of strength to this. Um, it's like the virus, coronavirus is actually of two forms, the physical virus and then the meme, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The virus no, everything has, will has infect that you, but before the virus infects you, the meme infects you. And then that's you now putting your folders together. It's changing the way you um, process things. True. And uh, that just goes to tell you, right, the internet is just filled with so much junk and you're slave to all of that junk, right? And the only, the only option is for you to disconnect, to be honest, right? It's not like you can, there's no superhuman who can be like, I control, you know, what comes in and all. Like, I know I'm the slave of, slave to all the information that I consumed since I was one year old, right? From my parents, et cetera, et cetera. Everything that I've been told, it's basically this giant thing. So you're totally under the, under the, you know, kind of, at least in your formative years, under the mercy of your environment, mm. of the things, of the sources that you consume. And, and I think parents have to do that for their children, right? Because who else is going to do that for their children, right? Parents have to come and say, listen, you're going to go here. You're going to speak to these people. You're going to consume information from these sources. It looks like a little bit tyrannical, but I think it's necessary, mm. right? And that's what parents kind of try to do with school. They say, yeah. I'll put you to a good school so that you have good friends and not, you know, people on the streets beating each other up. Right? Parents try to do that in a certain way, but I don't know. I think in the internet, how do you, it's tough, dude. You're just, and there's so much random luck, right? Like you could be somebody who could just easily get corrupted on the internet. And I think everyone has to go through a little bit of that to become, you know, smart. Parents can't really stop that. But one wrong path down 4chan where you found something relatable, some emotions kicked in and you, you know, became one of those crazy 4chan people, became a cyber terrorist. I mean, you know, and, you know, talking about cyber terrorists, I have this whole trip that I've been on for the last two weeks that has not left my brain, right? Mm. Picture this. And this Mm. is a, it's not a coronavirus thing. It's a post-coronavirus thing. So I'm still not violating your rule. Mm. Economy crashes, right? Economy totally crashes. People just don't have jobs because people are just going to get fired and everyone's out on the streets and, you know, the problem today versus say 200 years ago, you, 200 years ago, you still needed people to do stuff. Today you yep. don't. Right? You can just do it with machines and today people are smart enough to say, well, I'm shutting this business down. I'm going to do the other business. Let's not do the thing that requires a lot of people. 
So those things become expensive and you know, nobody, no, just nobody does them. What happens at that point is say there are 50,000 people on the streets now who mm. don't have a house. They can't afford rent, right? Because coronavirus, they can't work, whatever they're, they're sitting on the streets and they, they can't afford rent. And they're like, see, there's a building there in the building. There are 30 rich people. And those rich people said, you know, we are not working hard enough or whatever. I should, we should have been smarter or whatever. There are 50,000 of us. I know they have the title deed and whatnot. We know that the police force in Florida, I don't know whether it's Florida, someplace, Philadelphia, something. Mm. They just shut down police forces, dude. They've said, we can't arrest people for petty thefts and all. Yeah, we just yeah. don't have the facility. So we're in that environment right now where police is completely inactive because they're paralyzed by all of this stuff. Mm. And then you have these 50,000 people, they look at the building, they're like, let's just walk in a building, beat these people up and live in their house. Mm. Because it's... There is nothing. I mean, if you say, oh, it's a title deed that's preventing those people from walking in, I say bullshit. Yeah. And I right? feel like because it's a little more real. Life on the US. I think the US, they have this culture of prepping, right? They're always prepping for stuff. They're buying a shit ton of materials because they're prepping for something. And you've seen these hurricanes, right? In the US, like it destroys everything. Um, there's looting and stuff like that. And this is one of the big reasons why people in the US want guns. They actually do not trust the government. They do not trust law enforcement. And they're like, with a gun, Guns are running out. with a gun, I'm at least able to take it in my own control because there's two types of people. Then there's people who've prepared for it. And the people who are like, fuck it. I have a gun. I'm just going to go take it from this person. Like there are people on social media, for example, who are bragging about how much they've stockpiled, right? They're like, I have this much. I bought this much rice. I bought this much, this thing. And you're putting a target on your back. You're saying, come loot me when things get bad. Right. And, Dude, and, and this but, is not a global work, thing, but in the U S people know this very well. No. And guns work two ways. No, you can use it defensively. Yeah. Oh, somebody's going to come take my stuff. I'm, I have a gun or you could say 50,000 of us, a gun is really cheap, right? Because the cost of guns goes down, right? And it's continuing yeah. to go down because America is crazy like that. And just pick up 50,000 guns. You're like, I can't afford food. Food is there. You go full primal, right? You're going basically full primal. You're like, I'm hungry. I haven't eaten for five days. I can't afford rent. My children are out on the street. I'm going to do anything for them. Right? Jail is better than this because in jail, at least I get three meals a day. Being very honest, right? At jail, you, you get three meals a day and hunger just, it makes villains out of people, dude. It makes monsters out of people. So you, yeah. 50,000 people, they just need to coordinate. Huh? Mm. Till now, the problem was the poor couldn't coordinate easily. Today with WhatsApp, they can. Mm. Right? You just pick up 50,000 guns. You'll... It's not as simple as that also because I think the problem with coordination is, leaders. yeah, it's like centralization has those benefits, but with decentralization consensus is harder to get, right? Unless right. the incentives but, are all aligned, like Bitcoin. For but instance. it's very simple, very simple, very simple, very emotional. They have resource. Your children are dying. Here's a gun. Let's go take the resources, split it equally amongst all of us. For sure. Very simple narrative. Dude, I saw, and, and, and I'll tell you an online version of this, right? Gal Gadot, she put out a video. Did you see the video? I saw it. Yeah. Where all these different celebrities are singing, singing. that John Lennon song. Yeah, yeah. I think it's a John Lennon song, right? Imagine a world without without possessions and all. Mm. They got belted, dude. They got absolutely destroyed on Reddit. They're like, what are these rich people sitting and telling us that we shouldn't have possessions? Do they know what it's like to not be able to pay rent in the next month? They should shut up their entertainers. But here it's just virtue signaling. They're just telling us how to be. That's our fault for doing all of this. Yeah. The Reddit thread is just filled with hate. Like it's extreme hate, right? Couple that hate with hunger and you have a real problem on your hands and guns. Yep. You have a real problem in your hands.
because yeah. a building of 30 people versus 50,000 people, impossible. Mm. And this is, I read this tweet, okay? It was actually a reply to something by Nawal almost six months ago with a tweet. It was by a lady. She said, the future is going to be a bunch of rich people armed to the teeth with drones and self-defense robots surrounded by seas of poor people trying to get inside. Mm. So it's going to be. Mm. It's, and this is not, it's not, it's not a hypothetical, right? It's not a hypothetical scenario. This happens in other countries. Yeah. I it's think happened it just, in some poor countries. Yeah, for sure. It probably happens in a lot of places which don't have a strong enough central entity. And if they don't, it's then up to the local entities to take that power. Uh, it's sort of like how you have um, like these Gunda areas in a lot of parts of India, right? Where it's not the central, this thing which has that power. They do have some power, they have a titular power, but when it comes to ground reality, as a citizen there, I know that, like, if I live there, I know that the government is not going to care, but this area here, these people will take care of my interests, right? So then, you know, it, it, it really reminds me of autoimmune disease, mm. right? The best time for an autoimmune disease to kick in or, you know, you know, your body to attack itself is when the main immune system is distracted with another infection. Mm. Right. So you have, say you have an infection, your body's attacking the infection. Well, another infection makes its way through or one of your body parts, cancer, for example, starts growing because it's unchecked. The immune system is currently busy, right? So co-infections and essentially technically the world is locked down with a virus. So what do you think? So that same analogy of autoimmune, you've talked about from a virus lens. What do you think it's like from a meme lens, which is what are ideas that are going to get in when people are preoccupied with, you know, the big coronavirus idea? I think a lot of silly ideas. I think we've spoken about this before, right? The mind has an immune system, mm. right? And the immune system, and I keep, I've said this so many times, right? I've said this a hundred times. The immune system is not about strength, right? On, on Instagram, I'm seeing a lot of these influencers say, you know, strengthen your immune system with this vitamin C, this, that. Problem is never about strength. The immune system, making lymphocytes for the body is very easy. Lymphocytes are very fast growing cells. The problem with the immune system is recognition. You could have the strongest immune system in the world, but if you're recognizing your own joints as an enemy, your immune system will destroy those joints, mm. right? That's arthritis. On the other hand, if, your immune, if, a, if a virus comes in and your immune system doesn't recognize it, like in the case of coronavirus, it doesn't matter how strong your immune system is, mm. right? Because it's just not recognizing it until it's too late. So early recognition important. And that's why your immune system creates antibodies. Mm. Once it's recognized something and it says, okay, this is good. Or once it's recognized something and said, this is bad. Then your immune system says anything that comes again, that looks like this, you attack it mm. right on day one, if you have antibodies, otherwise just let it through. Yeah. So I think the brain is the same, which, which means that if there are ideas that you're already familiar with, if more ideas come in like that, it's going to go in unchecked. Mm. But if you come up with an idea that's too, that's just so jarring to the brain, they won't accept it. Like when mm. I said the first time that MBAs and college degrees are crap, and this was like two years ago, it was so jarring for people because they've never heard that. It's yeah. an alien idea, right? Yeah. So their minds were rejecting it. And I was like, this is true. Right? But now as most people speak about it as the, you know, it's the people are realizing it's actually a true idea. Now they're, they're like, okay, yeah, I see more evidence of the same thing everywhere. Otherwise mm. it's just brain is just rejection mode. Yeah. So I think in emergencies like this, uh, the brain stays in emergency mode for anything that's unrecognized and let me in mode for anything that's, that they all, that the brain already understands as useful. Mm. So, so that's why you see a lot of this Ayurveda stuff going on, you know, during the coronavirus, 
all this alternate alternate stuff because people have associated things like yoga and all with good stuff which is good it's okay um but it's probably not useful in this situation it's mm. just because the brain is already recognizing this idea it's like okay maybe it's useful here yeah right like the cow dung guys like ramdev or something he just recently spoke about cow urine uh, no he recently spoke about ashwagandha and he said ashwagandha is very useful for you know mm. uh, this disease which is rubbish but he recognized you know what would be the, the craziest trip craziest trip mm. would be next two weeks or like next couple of weeks we see cases rise and for some reason india the cases don't rise suddenly for these <laughs> for the cow urine guys for the cow dung guys they're going to be like fuck this shit works right we did mm. not get it this shit works and i just feel like it's going to reinforce those patterns if something like this actually happens no but the the problem is even worse here's here's the bigger problem coronavirus is actually mild in young people mm. right people under 45 it's not it's not a major disease and we have medical health we have medical health care so i've seen patients cancer patients who are on like heavy duty chemotherapy they're on rituximab plus high dose methotrexate for lymphomas and obviously you know the lymphomas are receding they're, you know they're on like there's this combination called rchop mm. for lymphomas which you know just destroys the, the entire it it just it's worse than radiation to be honest right you're literally getting rid of all your b cells um and then they come back and they're like oh but i was also taking this supplement this <laughs> you know green tea supplement and it's a green tea supplement that worked and yeah. i'm like bro you're it's like it's like you're oh, going so to fight with correct, a nuke <laughs> correct attribution and is a big job. human problem and that's the the basic of science right Co- yeah. is correlation correlation is it correlation or is it causation did the two things happen accidentally or did they happen because of each other mm. one thing happened because of the other and humans don't get it right mm. right so i'm pretty sure there are lots of things in the world where people are like this works this works this works but if you actually do a proper trial on it you'll realize there's just something else that worked mm. right or it was just the human body has this other thing called regression to the mean yeah even if you don't take anything the human body will recover mm. right so when we do trials on say a medicine you said this medicine improves your fever you say you don't just say okay you took it and fever is gone you say well you took it and then you also took a placebo right we give another set a placebo and we're like the placebo lost their fever in 5 days this medicine guys lost their fever in 6 hours right so obviously the medicine works it's a ratio of how fast it worked in placebo to how fast it worked in on the medicine mm-hmm. it's not you can't just solo trial so when you do all these cow dung stuff you have to compare it to placebo obviously cow dung will or cow urine or whatever is going to work because the human body itself is it's working right it your intended goal will be reached but did your was your tool correct mm right so that is something where you know I, what i feel is like if for example chloroquine people still be given the drug and they'll still take this thing right and obviously people are looking for the non alien idea so if you hear a story where oh i took cow dung and now i'm yeah, or i or i had cow urine and now i'm fine person might fail to mention hydroxychloroquine he might f- fail to mention the ventilator for sure. might fail to mention that he's you know 25 years old right so storytelling dude yeah. post truth we're in post truth era for sure right i think that's not only true for like at a physical sense but also in the mental sense where this is the source this is the reason we have fake news which is each is building off of each other you don't know where you attribute that thought to and now you're misattributing miscommunicating and you know i don't really think there's a solution for that it's just that storytelling has always been around but now it's hyper storytelling it's not one story it's a stream of stories interconnected playing with each other 
you know, even the best scientists in the world are fooled by this sometimes, no? Storytelling. People yeah. need a story to believe in. So I think the truth, I, I'm someone who searches for the truth, right? I'm, I, I never feel like I've got it right. But I also feel like I think it's overrated. Mm. I think our brains are not designed for truth. We don't have the tools required to, you know, stay focused on the truth. So we should keep the truth to some parts, science, and then look for storytelling for the rest. Yeah. And storytelling can be a good proxy for a truth because it might just get you to the same outcome. But some truths are boring. And the problem is with the boring truths. When the truths are boring, then you can't tell a good story out of the truth. You can try your best, but you're competing against all the fake truth stories. That's why religion is so popular, right? It's, mm. it's just the stories. Oh my God, I'm central to it. Mm. Right? So how do you compete with that by saying, oh, you're not central. You're just some piece of shit, you know, some small speck in, in the entire universe that's continuing to expand one out of mm. a billion galaxies. Hard, challenging. I, I think I think our conversation did get infected by the coronavirus idea virus at least because we did end up going down that path. Uh, let's let's talk something else, dude. What's up? Uh, let me let me just open my phone because I keep writing some stuff down. Mm-hmm. Mm. Oh yeah, I'll tell you something. Actually, this is more professional, so I'll I'll skip that. Cool. Yeah. Um, <laughs> being careful, dude. So uh, this is. There's this phenomenon, right? Where there's these trolls, losers, whatever, call them whatever you want. They're sitting on YouTube videos, mm. right? And YouTube is probably the only channel we can dislike. And it's just like randomly disliking videos, leaving shit comments. So I've started noticing that it's very easy to be a troll, mm. right? It's super easy to be a troll. And they screw up the young influencers who want to grow up and then become, you know, get like proper feedback. Mm. Because negative feedback is important. But if you have people who just trolling, you never know when it's too negative versus, I mean, you never know if it's real or not. So I was thinking about a type of proof of work system, Mm. right? Where if you want to use a particular platform, and I'm sure this is going to happen in the future, right? A new YouTube, a new whatever, where you are no longer anonymous. Mm. Every, if the influencers are real, so should the commenters, right? So names, details, what they've done in the past, and then you're allowed to comment. Mm. And then we'd find that less people attacking each other there. But that sort of happens on Twitter. But if you see most of the chaos on Twitter is anonymous accounts or accounts with like three followers or something, losers. But do you think, so do you think identity there is a way to put skin in the game or is it, is it about creating the right incentives for people to act in a certain behavior? See, basically it's, it's the antidote to reputational damage, Mm. right? See, you're putting out a YouTube video. Some guy can just come say whatever he wants. Could mm. ruin your reputation. And obviously, you put in proof of work. So people can see that Abhinav's done X number of things. Obviously, this, this commenter is a loser. Right? And by the way, I'm using the word loser not in a derogatory sense. I'm just, you know, I'm using a label to say that these are people who are specifically using their time to bring another person down. Mm. Right? So having them stake something to destroy another person's reputation is important. You can still go after somebody else's reputation. For sure. But put your name and your identity there and say, bro, I'm going after your reputation because here are my credentials or here's what I've done or, you know, here's some content that I've put out and, you know, here are the bullet points that I think is for and against. Mm. And I think what's going to happen is if people are putting their identity, they'll be less harsh in their criticism of something. For sure. 100%. Right? Yeah. Uh, so if somebody's attacking you and they're a friend or they know you or there's somebody famous, they're not going to go all out and be like, hey, you know, stupid guy. They're going to be like, listen, I thought you can do three, these three, four things mm. better in the video. Right, which is constructive feedback. Yeah. Right, and even if they don't like you, they're scared of 
coming across as somebody who doesn't like you mm. right so they will be toned down in their feedback and same thing when you reply instead of you being you know counter like throwing a grenade back you can be like okay i got it and here are the things that i've taken from what you've said so a lot of constructive civilized conversation comes from identity mm. right and and i think that the future social media platforms everyone says oh, it's going to be anonymous it's going to be more you know like crypto bros crypto struggling with this right crypto this is crypto's biggest problem that we don't know who who's who right mm-hmm. and we don't know what's real and what's fake so in the post truth era i think it's going to be people and it's going to be reputations and what i want to ask you is how do you do that proof of work asan and put up a resume is a little bit shabby so how do you do a proof of work online for commenters mm interesting because as you were saying this right i was thinking about it, if this is the problem what are other solutions that also could exist right and one thing that came to my mind is one way a lot of people starting out actually avoid this is they don't put their identity either right so for example us we make videos we show our face in these videos we talk about it we're actually the rarity if you think about it most indian videos that are let's say tutorials or this kind of stuff they never show their face it's always a screen share or a lot of times they don't even talk they you've seen these videos where how to crack photoshop right they don't talk they type it out on text edit and they say okay yeah this is how to do it open r a r dot right so that's one solution where they anonymize themselves but then i think that works against them in the sense that if you do see a person's face in the video you recognize that this person is taking their identity which means mm-hmm. there's weight behind the words that they are saying this person now has skin in the game so i do agree for sure that in the future creators they need to be protected in the sense that they should be able to uh, express what they want and not have you know the people without skin in the game attacking them the solution to that though i don't know i don't know i think it's you can either remove anonymity or you can enhance anonymity so for example let's say on youtube right now if you're a commenter you're either a guy with a with a anime you know whatever cartoon dp character dp or your your own dp or it's blank it's just like the character a now these are three possible identities that you can have on youtube what if there was an expressive set which remains anonymous but it's still an identity so let me give an example of um let's say you could make an avatar of yourself right and i'm talking about avatar from a very abstract sense which is it's a representation of you you are creating this thing in your image uh, and instead of being just a picture of the joker or you know whatever common cultural thing you're on you actually build this up um in a way that you are now invested in this and this is some in some sense taking it um so like virtual influencers type of thing maybe a virtual influence kind of thing which also applies to the consumers then because mm-hmm. in most closed networks right you think i think this is already applied like in youtube for example the biggest problem is actually that most commenters don't have profiles right a youtube profile for a consumer is empty it's maybe your liked videos that's about it versus on instagram you can actually click it you can see how many posts this person has how many followers they have and that really definitely gives you a sense less, of um definitely less hate on instagram than youtube yeah 
And I think it's because of profiles, right? The avatar for most digital platforms is your profile. Your profile is a representation of yourself. And YouTube has very weak profiles for consumers. Mm-hmm. So, but that they did do get it. user onboarding, no? But, but they, look, the, the, the platform sacrifices by having less number of users. Because they say, well, you have to complete your entire profile. You know how much of a deterrent that is. Right. Especially there's so many introverts who are just like, who don't want to be on camera, who don't want to have their picture on there, who don't want to put some posts on there. It's about creating incentives, right? Like let's talk about Twitter, for example, on Twitter, the reason I show my face, I talk about stuff openly is because the more I do it, the more I feel better about it, which is, I have this huge log of tweets now going back to 2008, whatever, right. Versus YouTube. I spend a few hours every week on YouTube. Uh, but if I wasn't a creator, my profile would be the same as somebody who signed in yesterday. Mm-hmm. So people actually do want interesting avatars to show that they have actually put in the time on a platform, right? That is the platform rewarding them for spending time. But YouTube is not doing a good job of that. I think mm. versus Twitter, and you actually build followers. It's super hard to express on YouTube, right? Because look on Twitter, it's just, I put out a tweet. It's easy to be engaged with Twitter, but with YouTube, the first thing and this is the hardest thing for most people is you need a personality. Yeah. Right? Another boring, I saw this one video, yeah. dude, like by this guy who wants to become a personality, whatever, he has a bad voice and smart guy, right? He's, he's trying his best. He got zero likes, 32 dislikes on his first video. He's never going to put up a video again. Yeah, right. No. So whereas Twitter, it, it, there's no dislike. So I think the dislike thing on YouTube is just, it's, it's, it's a big mind block even for the smartest minds out there. I think that's so one of the reasons people will move to TikTok, right? Because the kind of proof of work is actually very different. Now, like let's say Twitter versus Instagram. Why are more younger people today on Instagram than Twitter? Because Twitter, you have to put out ideas. It's not that easy. Instagram, you can just put pictures. Now let's apply that same analogy to YouTube versus TikTok. YouTube, you have to make this long form, well-edited content. TikTok, you also have to put an effort. Like for example, one of those dancing videos with proper editing takes you at least 30 to 45 minutes to shoot. That's a proof of work teenagers are willing to put in. That's a proof of work adults will not put in. Right. So that way that creates the separation where you're like Twitter is for Twitter is for intellectual thinkers who just keep doing all this stuff. I want to have fun. I can't have fun on Twitter. I need to find another platform. TikTok is that platform because the proof of work required for that network supports the kind of stuff I want to do. True. I, I, the, my only, again, my only problem with Twitter is it's, no, sorry, with TikTok is that there's so much saturation. Like it's, you can't, everyone who's winning on TikTok right now has a very unique personality. Yeah. Right? There's this uncle who eats particularly Pani Puri and in, in different types or different restaurants. So it's, it's very arbitrary caricatures. Yes. Right. You take one part of your personality, you boom it. And then you say, this person doesn't do anything else. Mm. So it's hard to be multidimensional on TikTok. Mm. I think it's like, there's this idea of, um, I think Marshall McLuhan said this, there's hot media and then there's cold media, right? Something like Twitter, something like reading a book, you know, I think listening to a podcast to some extent is cold media in the sense that you have to slowly read it. It reveals itself to you as you're putting in this work. And uh, as a result of that, it keeps a lot of people out. 
I'm not giving the exact definitions. I'm sure it's very different. But hot media, for example, is you're scrolling Instagram. You see Gary V's photo. It's him. It's this huge title which says, you are not going to believe this if you're under 30. There's this huge punch coming in your face, which is tagged. That's hot media. It's like, yeah. So I think a lot of platforms are hot media or cold media platforms. Uh, so, for example, if you posted a Gary V style, that that hot kind of video, on a cold media platform, it probably would not do well. Because you like cold death. Yeah. Tell me, tell me what it's about, right? Yeah. Like, for example, if you posted a one-minute condensed thing, you post on Medium, people be like, "What the fuck?" Like, I want to sit down with my coffee. I want to read sentence by sentence and slowly grasp the thing you're trying to tell me. Same right. thing, but in different ways. That's why I, I think one place which is really underrated on YouTube is tutorials, hmm. right? Like say Unreal tutorials. There is so much value in being able to sit down for an hour with something. It's like playing, right? Somebody's teaching you how to play or make something and you're copying that person. It's beautiful. It's not you listening to some influencer talking about his life or how to live or something. It's just you're doing something I can do it right now. Because yeah. I think that's the intention also, right? When you look at an influencer, a lot of people are like, oh, I want to be like this person. Mm-hmm. So I'm listening to tips or advice from this person. But if you look at an Unreal tutorial, not only or, or Photoshop tutorial or whatever tutorial, you look at that and you're like, not only can I be like that person, I can do it right now. 100%. Right? It, yes. Action. That's a good so, point. Yeah. So that's why, so I really like the tutorials part of YouTube and that's what we're trying to do on Meta also. Mm. Right? That's the idea with, uh, with Meta, which is we take the one part of YouTube where people can be like the other person instantly. We take all the elements of WWE. So you're still attracted to personalities. We are still keeping it. It's not like teachers where you sit and troll them. It's like, you want to be like certain people. We, we can, we can take those elements out. But at the end of the day, the goal is to give you skills. That's an educational thing. That's, that's a side effect. But the, the mechanism is the YouTube tutorial parts, which I think right now is super underrated on YouTube because YouTube keep, keeps promoting shit like Mr. Beast yeah, or this yeah. influencer, that influencer. So you're, obviously you're competing in your head, right? Either tutorials or this, but I think tutorials are super underrated. I love it. It gives me, makes me feel really good when I see mm. the tutorial on YouTube and I'm copying it. Yeah. And I think it's Especially, the world at some level knows that most of the education system is supported by Indians making tutorials on YouTube. <laughs> whether you're studying for engineering, computer science, mathematics, anything, right? Or actually yeah, even Photoshop, you know, coding. You got to play on that. You'll be like Indians became self-aware. Uh, <laughs> you know, learned how to do some good graphic stuff out there and now we're going to teach the rest of the world. The yeah. idea is always to be global. But uh, it just goes to show you, man. I mean, one thing in all of this is I think the future is going to be exciting. Mm. Right? Really exciting. And what would be really sad is to see societal collapse, which is a real, 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 real possibility. Mm. It, there's a very, very good chance it could happen. Yeah. And that's the one deterrent. And somebody was saying, you know, the solution to this is to move to Singapore. Mm. Right? Just go to the most stable country. Nothing's going to happen to you. Your borders are protected by proper army. People can't collaborate and jump in against the army. That's, that's, not, that's not easy. True. Right? But people can you know conspire against 30 people in a building and say well, let's get these guys out mm. and it's lawless here anyway so borders that, are strong that's also now being exposed which is i saw just this one meme on maybe one of the avalon groups where somebody was like 
tax is like the subscription you are paying to the country just to live there right you are paying subscription for this country and usually when you pay subscriptions you get something out of it versus this country is not treating me as a customer it's treating me as somebody who's just there taking it for granted in some sense so then when stuff like this comes in the common consciousness where people are like wait that's actually true i think there are going to be countries who start competing on that front where they're like they already are this is what you're paying and Bro, i think they already are estonia tried to do right singapore exactly. trying to do it's, that as well yeah i mean it's it's always supposed to be about that this dude i saw this comment okay where this one guy was like you know why are you guys not nationalist nationalism is so important how can you live without nationalism i'm like nationalism it's okay but like it's for people who have no real you know accomplishments of their own you need somebody's everyone needs pride and identity so you're like absorbing the one pride and identity that you know you get free you know without having to do anything for it right so uh, the idea is still there a service provider right the government is a service provider you you want something i mean you need protection police sanitation etc and they're like okay we'll do the dirty work for you but you pay us this much money so i think it sh- it should be it's a good incentive the government gets rich people working in governments should get rich i don't understand why the incentive is they should be poor that's stupid i think if you do a good job in the government you should be paid more than anybody else because you're doing the dirty work i think in india that's right. already you're- true as a, in the government you make a shit ton of money <laughs> yeah but in the, for the wrong reasons and it's mostly under the table yeah, i'm saying yeah. legally you should make a lot Fair of money yeah. depending on performance depending on performance if you perform really well you should walk away with so much money that you never have to work again you mm-hmm. do it for 5 years make the country a better place take your money move on but for some reason people think it's bad for people in government to make money that's why they're stealing right that's why they're doing it under the table so why not do it over the table because they're anyway going to do it and someone sent me a dm again this is like you know people are compassionate and and this and that why do you keep saying that you know sometimes people are greedy and i'm like that's human nature it's human nature to be greedy so understand that and say i understand that these people are also greedy they're not gods and i think right and they're think greedy both, both statements can be true humans can yeah, be, you can be passionate they can in be in certain situations right but they, they can, can be greedy. greedy exactly but to say that oh we'll only look at the compassionate side of them without honoring their greed side or their need for security stability and all is stupid because yeah. you need it what makes you think they don't need it what are you some special person right you're mm. essentially when you say that you're saying you're better than everybody else mm. right because you're saying i don't have flaws but you know those guys have flaws mm. so um my my thing is build a government that works exactly like a company mm. right have a public stock price for the government just rate its performance based on the stock price and let them do it forever this yeah. five year shifting thing i do the five year shifting thing more on a on a per department basis what you could also Sanitation. do is i think this was an idea that was either in sovereign individual or naval tweeted this where if your passport actually was traded on an open market where based on how your government is doing the stock value of your passport goes up and now you can choose with this passport do i want to sell this do i want to keep this or is it better for me to now trade to a different passport so for example let's say uh, let's say the us passport is 500 dollars or let's say it's 50000 dollars right let's make this real or it's 5 million dollars the us economy is doing really well you might still be able to say let me sell my passport uh, let me actually pocket the 5 million dollars and i think i should go to um let's say singapore which is at 20000 right now or i'm actually going to go to a different city where it's cheaper 
but i think i am betting on that government to actually raise the stock price of their passport so i'm actually playing with that so mm-hmm. that is mobility which is now has these incentives in place but it's not mobility in the sense of open borders it's mobility in the sense of people want to go where they're treated best correct and i think it's fair not to ask to be want to be treated better yeah right i think that's something that a lot of indians don't understand that you can get treated better you can get treated really well yeah. right america is not the best example of this the best example are the countries where you don't hear too much because they're just stable and nice mm. right one of the european type com- actually the finland type com- uh, countries or singapore yeah. it's nicely dude it's you don't hear about them because it's ordinary it's like people live their lives there mm. right it's not like or drama sitting and clapping at five i understand the value of that by the way as somebody you know who who runs a community i really understand the value of having everyone show solidarity because you're fighting a, a war essentially right with the virus and if you don't show the doctors our support you know the a, a doctor who's somewhat nationalist he looks at everyone clapping for him he's like i should work harder so i understand the value of all that yeah but at the same time that's the only thing from india that's making news right the, the fights the protests this that it shouldn't be making news right none of this should be making news your life should just go on ordinarily and be like yeah it's a stable normal country do whatever you want here we are just some background process we get rich yeah i think that's perfect shut up get rich problem is also with the population you have it's hard to prototype new ideas right because i think most new things when you try it out you try to prototype it with a small sample take it to a bigger sample take it to a bigger sample and within a few years you've taken it to market now for us doing that prototype the few years to market could be hundreds of years because of how much just because of the how vast the country is yeah that's why that's why i'll never run for you know prime minister or whatever right or or take over this because there's so much to fix suppose i was given this this entire government suppose i won the elections and i was given all of this i'd be like there's so much to fix right it's like fixing a a steam engine when you're in the era of you know aeroplanes yeah so i'd rather yeah. go and start a new city or or a new country by myself and just be like i'm going to do it from scratch because i have total control over everything so and and i also feel like this is when you're handed shit or like when you're handed something which is really broken and you're asked to fix it and you don't know how to fix it you get frustrated obviously you're going to get corrupt right? because you never worked hard building it you just got handed and everyone's complaining and everyone's like you're bad you're bad you're bad from day one but like screw it i'm you know i'm just going to make money like you guys yeah. do whatever you want okay anyway call me an asshole i'm going to be bad. that's again not under- understanding of humans work right you can't give somebody an entirely broken system and say bro fix it and if you don't fix it you're corrupt yeah very difficult right true so i think the better solution and one that's less likely to make you corruptible is make you build it from scratch mm. right so that's why i want to build an entire new system start with solar get the plumbing sanitation build an entire yeah. model city and if it works scale it mm. i think that way a lot of state state governments probably have that opportunity to uh, show that they can do stuff like that yeah but this like i'm i'm not like i'm not i'm not the person you should talk to when it comes to politics for people who, who know better they're like what the fuck are you talking about but uh, but yeah that's what it is no politics at the end of the day is is, is just about keeping people happy right like some to me like if i become the government it's a subscription fee you pay mm-hmm. me a subscription fee i'll make sure you uh, you never run out of electricity everyone gets a free house right 
basic 3D printed house, whatever, there are markets, none of these crashes happen, we'll keep doing science and technology so that you don't die, or that we're able to deal with these existential threats whenever they come. We have enough of, you know, an army slash police, probably not a human army police, but like a digital army police so that yeah. people don't come and try to steal your house like it happens here. Mm. And titles and contracts are honored by a system mm. with force if necessary. Have you tried, uh, have you tried these? I don't, I forget what the name of the game is, but there's one, one or two games, which are like these very advanced city simulators where you start with a city and you play it and you can actually control very, very minute aspects of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think something like that for somebody who's Skylands. actually, there's a game called Sky- yes, City Skylands. Skylands. City Skylands. Yeah. And I think for people who are, I think everybody should play that game because it's going to give you an understanding of how systems work, which is usually we think of things from a very one dimensional perspective of, I don't have water because the person is not giving me water, right? Versus <laughs> it's being affected by so many systems. And when you simulate a city, you choose all of this. You're like, I'm going to do it. And then you're going to reach a point where you're going to have traffic just like Bangalore has traffic. And then you're going to be like, shit, now how do I change this? How do I fix it? And you're then it's not like, as easy as that it has traffic. And then you can't be like, oh, I, ca- I can just make this one change. I'm just going to block this road and then traffic will be solved. And then the, everyone's happy, but that 10% of the population is really unhappy because you blocked their road. Yeah. Yeah. Right? So it is actually it's, very challenging. Politics, politics is maybe the front end of it, but the back end of politics is actually super challenging. It's systems at a very, very massive scale. And that's why you need to incentivize them, dude. You can't say, oh, a cooperator, your salary is what, 8,000 rupees, you know? You have to do all of this on it. It's stupid. Like, what is the incentive? Yeah. Right? If someone's not getting rich solving a big problem, then they're not going to do it. They are not going to do it. No one is altru- that altruistic. Right? Unless they have their basics. You give them their basics and then tell them to solve, that's fine. But you don't even give them their basics and then you say, yeah, yeah you're supposed to do all of this. Silly. Stupid. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. We don't want to talk about Let's okay. jump to... Hmm. Something else. Hmm. I want to go deep. Hmm. Let's go. Yeah, let's go deep. Hmm. You know, like last week, I was just sitting and it started raining in Bangalore today, by the way. Yeah. But last week was a little bit of a drizzle. I was sitting down and drinking like really hot lactose-free coffee. And I was looking and I was just like, dude, we live in crazy privileged times. Just firstly being born in the humans, you know, the odds is like, the odds are like really low or whatever. But the odds of just having a house, a roof over you, something to eat. It's just, it's underrated. So when people look at wealth, they look at wealth in the sense of, I have X amount of money. Everyone else has X plus something or X minus something, mm-hmm. but they never look at it generationally because generationally. And I, I saw this in the TV show, Dracula, right? There's this TV show on Netflix called Dracula, where this Dracula who's from the, whatever, 1600, some old time, whatever. Um, he wakes up after being at sea for many years and then he doesn't die, right? He's immortal. So he comes to someone's house and he looks at the TV and he's just like, he tells the guy, you have 
wonders that even the best of kings in my time didn't have. Mm. Right. So it's just, we fail to see that we're becoming wealthier, mm. but people still look at relative wealth. Like I have this much, that person doesn't have this much. For sure. So, so before, you know, we, we walk into deeper parts, I want to think about, you know, from Maslow's pyramid for you to be able to think the thoughts that I have, or you have, right. You need that little bit of stability and economic comfort. And I remember my biggest problem is with this, right. Is rent. Right. If firstly we have a lot, but there's some people who don't have to pay rent because they're lucky and they're born to somebody who already has a house and some people whose parents are paying rent. Yeah. Right. So how do you, how do you solve this problem? Because rent is like, in my opinion, the, a really big problem. And once you've solved it, your life becomes ex- a lot more anxiety free. Mm-hmm. Are you sure of it? See, I can, I can at a very top level, think of three possible solutions, right? Um, craziest one would be, we just leave our bodies. We upload ourselves to a new, um, let's say a new, let's say we upload ourselves into a digital simulation such that our body is no longer required mm-hmm. or that your body is plugged in and sustained, but you're mostly spending your time in the Oasis. Yeah. I thought about this as well. This is a, like an IV, put an IV line, just put glucose. Yeah. That's really, that's really, you yeah. can't have kids though. But my problem with that is, since we are we look at things relatively now, we're probably going to look at things relatively then, which is in digital space, you have unlimited land, but you're still going to be like that guy has better, uh, better fucking renders on his wall. When this shit happens versus my renders are not good because my GPU cycles are not good enough. Right? Mm-hmm. So we create a new form of comparative wealth, maybe. Right. So that's approach number one. (laughs) Um, Number two is the government gives it to you, right? The government says um, everybody gets a house, but this house is now the same. Everybody has the same house. Right. So imagine one of, sorry, what? See, it should be like this, right? Everyone Mm -hmm. gets a basic house. See, rent is a big drain, right? Groceries and electricity are really cheap. They're really cheap. Rent is the big drain. So assume the government says, well, when you're at the age of 18, we'll give you a 3d printed house. Okay. It could be a little far off. That's okay. We'll build some civilization around it because the hard part is not building houses. We have a lot of free land. We have enough land for everyone to have a house, every single individual in India. The only thing is there's no infrastructure around it. So if I build you a house in the middle of some jungle, there needs to be a shopping complex, a mall. You don't want to live in the middle of the jungle, right? Yeah. So that's the challenge. Enforcing people, business people to go out there and build something big. And someone asked me very recently, you know, how do I make money, right? All these skills are saturated. I'm like, take the same skills you have and go build something cool in a village or something. Give them the resources because then the village will pay you. You'll become the center and source of everything. Mm. Right? So uh, that's what the government has to do. It has to stimulate entrepreneurs to go into rural areas where they've built houses and build infrastructure. Yeah. Right. Um, so the house is not the challenge, but you could have, you could say, well, at the age of 18, you get a house and anyone, anyone more than like, if you have more than two kids, if you have five kids or whatever, after two, you don't get a house. Then job problem like yeah. for having the more than second kid. I think the, and if you're ever yeah. if you're able to make money and you're able to buy a house for yourself or you're able to buy a house for your third kid, then so be it. Mm. Don't limit people from their greed and stuff, but rem- remove the rent from the equation. Mm. I think at some level, it's, I think what we're thinking about is, these houses, you can't just, it's not enough to just put the nodes 
you have to create the networks that connect them as well. So for example, um, certain cities, or let's take it back, right? Indus Valley civilization was around a river. Most cities were around rivers because that was where obvious reasons, right? Today as well, even cities are at some level organized around that one initial starting point. Like Mumbai, for example, was a port and now all of this stuff around that is, yes. And today Mumbai is, let's say the financial district. So the problem with putting a house in a village is these networks don't exist. So not only do you have to put the node, you have to now create these networks, which is you have to create the work network. You have to create the, where do people chill out network? You have to create the, do all kinds of people get together with each other network, which is, for example, I can go live in a city in Haryana, but if I'm not a Haryanvi, I'm going to fucking hate it there. Right. What's the Haryanvi probably wouldn't have any um, problems. They'd be like, okay, like we probably say, speak the same language. Uh, we at some level have the same beliefs. The way we look at the world is similar. We can probably gel well. So for that to happen, I think there's a lot of systematic challenges that you're going to face. Yeah, man. I mean, you can unify culture. You can definitely yeah. unify culture. It'd be like guys, strict one language, strict this, strict that, just to make everything a little bit easier. And I think with technology in the future, this is possible because you could say, well, even if there are no humans who want to sit in some unknown village and, you know, sit at the cashier and give out food, we can have technology there. We can drone you your food and supplies from anywhere in, in, in the country. And that, that's a really good solution. Yeah. Right? But you still need, you know, places, restaurants, places where people get together and all. So you need critical mass and then that place becomes developed. Yeah. So I think culture is also a big problem, which is you can't transplant culture uh, and you can't create culture in short durations of time. But, I, but I've seen the transplant work. Manipal, for example, the hostels are transplanted. It's a mismatch. Right? You take 10 people from 10 different cultures and you're just like, deal, deal with it. But at least you at some level have the same uh, thing that you're doing, right? Let's say we set up a prototype tech village in a place where we can buy really cheap land. Right? Let's say we do this in a very nice state, which is giving us tax benefits. We buy a huge multi-acre property and we say, okay, people who are in tech, you guys, do you want to live in a place that actually cares about you? Come move to this village. We have nothing right now, but you can actually prototype your whole thing. And we set this shit up. Problem with that is also you are transplanting a certain culture, but then now you've got to work with the people who are already there, right? Because otherwise the people who are in that village are going to start detesting you saying that, why do I work in the sun where when you share, you know, gifs on Slack, right? There's a mismatch here versus on Manipal in Manipal. At least you're like, we all roughly have to go to college. We have to wake up in the morning. We all have to face this thing of exams. That's the thing that binds us together. Technology. You make technology do the menial work. Dude, I'm a firm believer if you made everyone in the world work in technology in the next five years, probably even faster than that, we would have solved all the menial issues. Mm. Right? All the menial issues the robots would be doing and make sure that robots don't feel emotions for those robots at least don't feel emotions for very obvious reasons right? because then they'll stop doing it. And that's it. Just have the robots do all the silly stuff to, to make sure there's production or unlimited production have the 3d printed houses so everyone at least has their basics we're done no one has to work for a living i'm i'm the believer that jobs are not that something important. to do 
they can do it in in many different ways yeah. so you can you can start a business you can help people with exotic stuff you can make a game you can be part of a game i think people have identities in different games that's what i think will happen in the future right you can play a social media was this there's going to be plenty to do purpose yeah. is not that difficult to find right but i think this jobs is the core of purpose is dying it's it's very problematic um because if you lose your job not only do you lose your purpose but then you're in shit shape you also lose your status somewhat in society unless you have something else to back it up of course but yeah. for for example if it's okay it's completely okay for me to say i want to sit at home and just you know play games like yeah. when i say it no one says anything because i have that proof of work and a track record but if somebody else says it i can totally imagine an 18 year old going and telling his mom i want to sit at home and play games against slap right so why is it that that jobs are so important because i've always done this as play right and somehow play may be money so i kept getting bigger and bigger you know i kept riding that wave but i i i had that space to play because i was just like i'm not going to listen to other people right but an 18 year old is forced to listen to his parents right yeah. so i believe the jobs i think that's more of a social installation that you have to have a job and that you know it's very important to your well being or whatever it is important to your well being but i don't think a job for money because parents are making their kids do dunzo delivery and all like at least you have a job that's stupid right especially if the parents can afford to you know take care of their children it's just stupid that it's you'd rather the child takes a few years and learns you know better skill if if it's about making money and if it's not about making money let the child find purpose somewhere else because the future is not going to be very job driven mm-hmm. right especially with technology so but for that everyone in the world has to get together and build tech and it's happening faster than ever like things like coronavirus just accelerate tech it just shows you how weak and useless everything else is yeah. from your prayers to your you know gavamutra to whatever they're all completely powerless but i think in general most tech has been born out of war right has been born out of challenging times so this tech might be our mars- challenging time for the next tech that we need yeah sorry not the mars mission the moon mission right it was yeah. moon mission was a dick measuring contest yeah so okay. saying the moon mission was a was a dick measuring contest right so america was like oh russia russia did it russia is going to do it we will go first yeah that's all it was it was a space it was a race right so it it was a very human desire and a requirement that put man on on space it's not that i want to explore what it's like i'll show them mm. right that's what it's about and with and that the the, the entire nasa thing it's so much of our computing is is based on research that was done to go there right and today we have much more powerful technology you just need abstractions you need enough abstractions yeah. and i spoke about this in a recent video abstractions essentially somebody builds a base layer and use that base layer to do the next thing once reusable rockets are built then anybody can just buy those reusable rockets so you don't have to think about oh, how is the rocket going to land because somebody's already figured that out mm. and you and now people are moving to the revshare model right with unreal for example the entire technology they could have charged you 100000 for it it's probably worth more but they're like it's free but we want 5% rev share they're mm. investing in you yeah they're investing in you right i love that model because when you invest in people instead of saying oh the license for this is $100000 or the reusable rocket is you know $500000 if somebody says you can use it but whatever money you make we want 5% of your business mm. that's fantastic <laughs> that's app that's beautiful because then you get the chance to experiment with less risk Right? because otherwise the the financial risk can eat you alive if you want to try something risky hmm. right i want to ask you a related question and uh, i don't know if you've explored this with your with the avalon army um 
there's this idea that most startups that we look at in the past, right? They're like factories in the sense that they're the big establishments that needed to be factories because we didn't have an ecosystem that could support, let's say the smaller establishments. But imagine this is like a barren city. The first thing to come would be obviously the very big establishments that set the base level. Then the startups that start coming out will be for different, different things. Right? So when you look at Flipkart, they're like the factory. But then at the same time, in a city, there are also pizza shops for, let's say, right, which are not trying to become a factory. They're a medium sized business that's doing really well and is doing great revenue. People love it. It has a great brand. People love the food, great product. And they're not trying to become Flipkart. They're not trying to become the big. What do you think are these smaller establishment, these pizza shops, right? Of the startup land. And another thing I mean by pizza shop is you're like, usually people think ideas need to be unique. If somebody's done e-commerce, I cannot do e-commerce versus pizza shops. They all sell pizza. The thing that you differentiate yourself on is probably your location, your product, your brand. See, that's the problem with startups, right? And again, you said we were not going to talk about startups and work. But <laughs> here we are again. So just edit that first line on, just be like, whatever. But here's the thing. The problem with startups is it's an all or nothing mentality. Right? That's a VC's fund. That's the entire ecosystem, right? You either make it really big, you own all the hotels in India, or you own all the cabs in India, or you own all the pizza shops in India, or you own all the whatever you make a chain. And these individual one-offs not going to work, not going to get funded, not interesting, not newsworthy, blah, 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 blah. First thing, change the news around it. Say mm. it's okay to have a small business. Second thing, I think the pizza shops of the startup world are status games, right? Not status games, but items that improve your status game. Mm. Right? I'll give you an example. The thing about status games is status games or status items only work because of inherent rarity. If everyone owns a BMW, the value of a BMW plummets, right? So the essential condition for a BMW to work is there are few, right? So you make an exclusive club or you make an exclusive item or you make something that only a few people have. And that is what makes you the pizza hut. So in the future, there's going to be like large companies that are doing a lot of big menial services like email. One company is doing email for everybody at Gmail. So there's going to be those. And then there's also going to be on the other hand, you know, like these small niche products that you can only buy from certain places that co- that are very expensive and that only thousand are manufactured a year. Yeah. I think it's just because the way I'm thinking about it, the reason I started this question with Avalon Army is the 5,000 something people in the group. I don't think more, I don't think all of them are going to start VC funded businesses. Right? Definitely. They might work for one, uh, which is also okay. But starting something, um, the default for a lot of us is the big billion dollar thing. But a lot of them would be okay with making $100,000 in India, right? Mm-hmm. That is the pizza shop, for example. It's never going to be a billion. And I, dude, and, and there's also, you know, maybe making a million, couple of million is hard work and you've got to be intelligent. Uh, but I think anything more than a couple of million, you need hard work, intelligence, and a lot of luck. Yeah. But a billion dollars, there's a lot of luck involved. Right? There's so many, like, 
for every Bill Gates, there are so many smart people like Bill Gates who built that company but didn't get that VC funding, who built that company but you know market crashed. You just don't, you've never heard of them, right? You don't know who the almost Bill Gates are in the world, and there are plenty of these people, right? So there's a lot of luck, right? Somebody else could have been Bill Gates, and then Bill Gates would just be like, oh, I just got a little bit unlucky. So yeah. Being a billionaire, there's a lot of luck involved, right? But yeah. up to a couple of million, 10, 12 crores, I think you can do with hard work and intelligence over a lifetime. Um, that being said, the, I've already found the middle path, mm. right? The middle path, like I, I can't tell everybody, oh, guys, you can build a billion dollar company because you can't, right? The odds are very low. You, you might as well be hit by a meteorite or something. Smart thing to do is to tell people you can freelance. Freelance is something everyone can do. Freelance, there's enough roles where all of, like you can make 50 lakhs a year as a freelancer. Easy. Yeah. Easy. Really, really easy. I've seen, I have worked with at least 20 people who've done that. I've helped them. I, sometimes I pay them, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I've seen them grow. 50 lakhs a year is very achievable. And beyond that, it's a little pushy because it really depends on whether you have the interest to freelance. And I was talking to China. Yeah. And uh, she was doing, she's working on a couple of freelance projects. Right? She's being paid well, it's Webflow. But after like five, six projects, she's just like, you know what, it's the same project over and over again. A client tells me what to do. It's, it's well paying, but we don't really have the mm. use for the cash. So rather I'd spend my time learning something like say Unreal and making a movie there. Mm. And then selling those rights to Netflix later. It's a yeah. one year investment where I make no money while I'm making the movie. But there's no use for this two, two to three lakhs that's coming in, uh, you know, per every couple of weeks otherwise mm. so so the problem with freelance is exhaustion yeah right but making money is easier with freelance than with going to a job in my opinion yeah, yeah. there's no cool. security let's 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 switch I, I unknowingly got into work mode but yeah let's let's switch back to non-work mode <laughs> non-work and non-coronavirus mode i think um there's this whole new market or this whole new this thing for really novel products like i have this lamp mm. it's like it's a balanced magnetic lamp seen that really cool i think i put it's right? it's it's a drop shipping winner this is one of the winning products mm. i think that um this whole market dude for novel products just take the same mm. old shit like it's a lamp at the end of the day it's yeah. fancy it's a lamp actually it is fancy but at its core it's a lamp so i see so you might say, oh, lamps is a saturated market, right? But if you're smart about it, not really. You can have a good brand story and a product. And yeah, you'll, still be it, you'll still be at most lamps then. Yeah, like pop sockets. And yeah. that's why like business doesn't interest me anymore, right? It's like, of course, it interests me in the sense like I run a business, but it doesn't interest me as in, I'm no longer like, oh, we can build this and this and this and this and here are the ideas and this, that. I'm just like, yeah, you can do it. You can make a lot of money, right? What are you going to do with that cash? Because mm-hmm. I'm telling you, living a life after you buy your house or whatever, it's just difficult to manage. If you have five houses, it's really difficult to manage five houses. If you have five businesses, good luck doing the auditing and tax in those businesses. Because <laughs> I, five businesses is hell, mm-hmm. right? So why would you want so many more things? Instead, you have this simple, perfect environment. And then you're like, okay, I have free time now. I'm mm-hmm. now magically independent. And that it's hard to convey because it's not like a, like I, and I've said this many times, right? These influencers on Instagram, these social media influencers are garbage, right? Because they talk about things like positivity, success, mindset, this, that. It's rubbish. Most of it is rubbish. 
right? Because at the end of the day, if you want to be happy, you just need your basics covered, right? And by happy, I mean baseline happy. You just need your basics covered, decent health. You know, don't have to worry about too much nonsense. Don't get yeah, yourself into too much. Nonsense. I mean, both of those things can be true, right? An influencer can have have that base level, and uh, mm-hmm. sort of spread that message so that people also aspire to reach it. Correct. So if they're talking about the base level, right, but they're not talking about the base level, they're talking about success mindset of billionaires. How does Bill, Bill Gates think? How can he be like Bill Gates? You can't. Right? The odds are tiny. And if you, if you are somebody like Bill Gates, you don't need that, that garbage. And it's, it's, too, uh, it's too linear. People believing in simple stories. But the simple story and straight up story is get rid of rent. Okay. Have enough in a liquid fund for both uh, groceries, electricity and, and water all three have enough basic set of clothes mm. find a decent life partner and friends to chill with true true i'm telling you it's that simple that's the that's the formula and obviously there's health involved and health is largely actually out of your control yeah right? anything can happen at any time right um but if you have these life is, life is but easier. you know i think at some level you'll still need some sort of social status signaling that sets you apart you have, you get which get involved you, in the game yeah because till now the game before social media has only been about career mm. oh what is he doing he's a btech it's so mm. ingrained in india right that when people are getting married and i think you sent me this image people are getting married like btech rahul marries btech varsha yeah yeah right so it's so ingrained that's their status game education mm. and college and work was their status game but today you have different status games yeah. You got the internet, you got social media, you got followers, you got so many different games to play. Mm. Right? So why are you stuck in that same old, boring, you know, rubbish status game? True, true. That's it, man. I cool, man. How, how, wrap this up. How long have you spoken for? Um, close to two hours. That's insane. Yeah. Motor mouth. Cool, man. All right. Good talking to you, Warren. Let's uh, do another one soon. Oh, we should. What we should do is we should do three way. Mm. So doing a two way. Two ways. We've done a lot of two ways, right? Mm. We get to. Let's do a three way. Let's get three cool. people on. Let's get cool. some disagreement. Let's get some. Oh, you don't know what you're talking about. Mm. Be fun. We need some masala for sure. Cool. I'll try three way. And eventually, I'm telling you, eventually this is going to become an Arnab Goswami news anchor thing. You have six people screaming <laughs> at each other at the same time. Yeah, I mean that's okay. Some people still enjoy that, um, and it is enjoyable at some level. So. Dude, I love it. Let's 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 reach there. I think it's like we need to figure out what the Royal Rumble for Avalon Army looks like. <laughs> Eventually, thirty people for the Royal Rumble, right? So we got Abhinav, other Abhinav, Shashank, me, Tanay, uh, Prakar, six, seven people, right? Yeah. Still have another twenty-four people to go. It's like a club, dude. Uh, I like- have I have about a list of seven or eight people as well. So we're actually pretty close to thirty. <laughs> yeah, good personalities. The, the criteria is not the smart or anything. Got to be good personalities, interesting to yeah. watch. Have be unique. Mm. All right, man. All right, man. See you. Bye, bye.